Welcome back to Wisdom, Whiskey, and Winning. This week's host is myself, Chili Capital P. And this episode's title is Bridging the Gap. I'd like to introduce my man, Tay. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Julius Taylor, a.k.a. Tay. Hope, glad to be here. Glad to talk about this topic today. Ooh. Welcome back. Welcome back. My boy, RB. Get him. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's Richie Brown. Everybody knows me as RB. I'm excited to be here early this morning over here in Montana. It's good all to right. see y'all. Yo, yo, yo. Stuff my boy, Lo. What up? Yeah, what's good? Everybody knows me just as much as RB, so, you know, I want to throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as always, we're going to handle this the same way, bring the energy, bring the topics, all right? Um, Before we jump into it, though, just a little bit of small talk. Did y'all see that LeBron James situation? I guess they're calling her courtside Karen Karen or whatever. Mm. Um, Lo, you saw it? You got anything? objects? What you got? These people, uh, people think People think because they pay for they be like, oh, I pay your salary. They could just be talking to these NBA players however they want to talk to them, man. And, right. and then people are like, oh, LeBron shouldn't be responding. I'm like, we got to stop holding these athletes like they're not human. All right, all right. You know what I'm saying? They're human. They are human, and they have emotions just like us. They just get paid a lot more money. But just yeah. because you get paid a lot more money don't mean you got to suppress your emotions. We got to stop yeah. that mentality in 2021. Hey, so I got so, a yeah. question, though. When, when you say pay these people salaries, so, so them seats are expensive, right? If, did that yeah. ever come out? It was somebody that was like super paid and he was talking uh, she was, crazy. Like he was sitting courtside, so I'm assuming courtside. she paid a lot of money. Yeah. She paid a lot of money for them them seats. And I mean, with COVID, I'm pretty sure like, you know, she probably got the, you know, because there's not a lot of fans there anymore. So they got definitely the clout to just be in it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so- I mean, yo, as a fan, look, let me put it like this. I'm not against her saying shit, but don't be mad when the player says something back. If you're gonna if you're gonna be able to dish it, take it. I think All the right. fans should. I think the banter is good, man, because I like seeing the fans talk shit to the players and go back and forth. But when it goes too far, you know, I mean, that's the only thing. How do we know when it's too far? How do we, you know, because sometimes alcohol is involved, shit like that, and he starts saying something, and he say like a some ignorant stuff, and they're human, man. So yeah. that was me. I probably would have said something back too, man. Yeah. Hey, RB, what you got, bro? All right. So I feel some type of way about it. Um, We're talking about LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time going right now currently. We all agree on that, right? He's played in a lot of games throughout his career. So there's been plenty of things that said to him. I think it was her husband that said something to him where he responded and she wanted to act all big and bad. I feel like if he responded, this man must have said something that was just out of content and inappropriate. And I think that, that shouldn't be tolerated. I mean, these guys travel all over the world to show uh, that they're one of the great, they're some of the greatest athletes to play around. And yes, we play for tickets to go watch them, but you don't disrespect them also. That's just not appropriate. Yes, we can say, oh, you suck. But if you're getting into one of the greatest, greatest players to respond to you, you didn't just say, oh, you suck. And for her to pop off like that, they should have kicked her out. Period. All right. Like, All right. that's my opinion. So, hey, I haven't seen anything or read anything that anything racial or slander was done. It was just the, the normal back and forth talk okay. i heard lebron said something funny but but i haven't heard no audio of him saying oh steroid <laughs> i was laughing when i read it but they haven't like released the audio uh tay have, have you seen anything that maybe would have made you trigger like that no i didn't see anything i seen the little interview with her afterwards her ranting on the internet about the whole incident about how lebron james said something to her husband and then 
how she was just taking up for her man and every I guess people on the internet was calling her a gold digger. But mm-hmm. I honestly felt like um you know I I felt like the cops or the security, excuse me, did the right thing by removing her because like Lo said, once a, once alcohol is introduced, they don't want another, if you guys remember the Pacers incident. You know what I'm saying? Legendary. A lot of pain. I'm a I'm a I'm a Pacers fan, so that's the first thing I thought of. You know what I mean? So I think security is quick to remove you from the area. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. you are if alcohol is involved, they see you're drinking. And you know, I think the banter back and forth, I think that they let that go. You know what I mean? Because you got like the Spike Lees on the court. You got the Kevin Hart's on the court. You know what I'm saying? They go back and forth with the athletes. But once you start like really getting angry and you're starting to show that, that you know, anger emotion, you know, the, those emotions with anger, I think yeah. that they should have removed her and her husband. Um, but if it was just back and forth banter, man, I don't think so. And, you know, you know, I think LeBron James was, you know, right. I like, I think he said in his press conference, I don't think that it deserved them to get kicked out. But, you know, the mantis back and forth and they go back and forth, you know, like ref, 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 go ahead and get in, get into, get in the middle of it a little bit. But, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I think, like I said, man, anything that happens on the internet or happens like that, it's good for about a good five minutes. And afterwards, man, it's old news. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. be, this this will blow over real quick. Yeah, I like how quick. LeBron handled it, man. He's always a, a positive steward. Um, some of the political stuff he, you know, he says sometimes. I, I'm I'm 50 50 with it, but we're not going to get into that. But I think he handled this situation perfect, saying, "Hey, they shouldn't have been kicked out. It's, it's part of the game." You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That I let sec- I let the security and system handle it. That was I don't think I don't think he could have said that any better. You know what I'm saying? Not LeBron, right. not LeBron, the player, um, the father, the man. No. I don't think they should have done it. This is what we out here as basketball players doing. They handled the situation and he let everybody know it was not his call. And that was very strategic to say, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right. Nobody else got nothing else on that? Nah, man. Uh, all right. So just a little bit more. Um, you guys saw the memo that came out, what now, two days ago, I think it was, about uh, the mandate for the mask, the update. So I'm going to read a few things on it real quick and then. Hey, I'm going to prep you. I'm going to read all this, and you're going to be the first one I'm going to ask, all right? Okay. So listen up. All right, so based off military times, right, this is the way they wrote it, and then when, when I get to the, the what's it called, um, the individuals, uh, what the exceptions, that, that's what's actually in the memo, okay? So uh, a sweeping new order issued by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin III makes face masks mandatory at all times for everyone on military bases, with very few exceptions, all right? According to the memo published Thursday, masks must be must now be worn even outdoors and when people are able to maintain a six foot distance. Circumstances under which unmasking was previously permitted. All right. So these are the exceptions all right, on, on military installations. Um, if they haven't covered at your base right now, um, when an individual is alone in an office with a floor and ceiling and walls with a closed door. Um, I, I, I would think that that's, you know. Yeah, I'm I mean, that's, no, no shit, right? Like, yeah. I, I obviously take that. So, how you take that, Tay? What, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Right, wrong, indifferent. He's the boss, man. We know that. Um, how you take that? I mean, I think that the. Uh, all right, I think that mask in this situation with this pandemic going on. I understand they're trying to slow it down. Um, but I think the mask thing is 
I think it's essential to help us. I mean, I work in the combat arms shop yeah. where I was seeing, uh, we were seeing 28 people a day. You yeah. know what I mean? 28 students High a risk, day. right? Yeah. High risk. You know, me, me and my seven guys are seeing 28 people four days a week. Excuse me, I won't say every day. Four days a week. Yeah. And all of us caught COVID. All of us. And yeah. we didn't know, we didn't know where it came from. You know what I mean? We didn't know where it came from. We didn't know <clears throat> if someone got it. One of my guys got it from the house and brought it in. We didn't know if, you know, someone in the classroom gave it to us. But what ended up happening was that everybody who was in those classes for that week got quarantined. Everybody who we came in contact for that week, got it was a whole effect. And it affected the mission at the end of the day. Do I think the mask is silly? Yeah, man, I think it's silly. Do I think it's necessary? Yeah, I think it's necessary. It's just one of those things that you have to deal with, I believe, in the military. It's like one of those rules that you just have to deal with that you may not like or care about, but it's necessary. All you right. know what I mean? So that's I how you. I feel about it. All right. The second one, I'm just going to do three, all right? Because these are the ones that stuck out to me. Uh, RB, for brief periods of time when eating and drinking while maintaining distancing in accordance with CDC guidelines and instructions from commanders and supervisors. So supervisor, obviously, you fall under that, right, RB? Um, I don't think this is too far from what we've been doing anyway, but what's your take on that, brother? So with the food, I mean, of course, we'll take our mask off to eat and drink. I just <clears throat> wish they would provide enough information for what the capabilities of this virus to spread does. We still don't know that. So I feel like we're shooting a shotgun of, you know, knee jerk reactions to try to figure out, okay, maybe this will work, this will work, this will work. You know, I, if they said, okay, this virus is an airborne thing, you need to wear your, your stuff. But if you touch stuff, it doesn't do anything. I, I just wish they had some type of way that this virus is spread. But since we don't have any information, we're just kind of shooting around. So even if we eat or drink, we still kind of, are at risk. If we're going to wear a mask all the time, but take it off to eat or drink, what's the purpose of wearing a mask? You know, mm. like you, you're still doing the same thing. You're going to have your mask off while you're eating. So if it's something that's going to get in your system due to the fact that you have your mask off, we might as well not wear a mask at all. And then oh, to go back on what tasting a floor and your door shut. So that means if you work in office, your door has to be shut just for you to take your mask off. I, once again, I would like to see more things from the CDC to say how this virus travels and, you know, gets in people's system. We know what type of effect it got, but we don't know that what it, how it, we people actually get it. We just know people get it. All right. Or from what I know. Sorry. All right. All right, Lo. Um, I'm going to mix in the next two for you. All right, man. Um, and, you know, you used to work security. So, you know, uh, when the mask is required to be lowered briefly for identification or security purpose, purposes, obviously, and when necessary to reasonably accommodate an individual with disability. Um, and you can hit me with the, yeah, it makes sense, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But I just want your take on it and hit me, what you got? Well, let me preface what I'm about to say real quick with what, my, what I'm seeing. I'm, I don't know anything, I'm not a doctor, I don't, I'm not in the healthcare and none of us are. So I'm only going with what my eyes see. Definitely not a back in Mar back, back in March, Back in Mar back in March, when um, pandemic first kind of hit, right, it hit everybody around the same time. Yeah. Um, I live in Massachusetts. Massachusetts was one of the first states to go to a full mask mandate, right? They're one of the first states. So before all y'all did it, we were like full masked up. Yeah, you were telling us about it. I remember. No, 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 no. no I'm just saying. So Don't here be I petty, am. Tay. Yeah, no, no, no. He could be petty. So I'm thinking 
shit's gonna change. And the cases went up. Okay. Like crazy. They went up like crazy and they're still up. They just started going down maybe maybe a maybe a week ago we started Hey, you think that's numbers. people not following the rules or there's like an incubation say, thing we don't understand? What do you think? I no, think no, it's no. kind of what RB said. We we don't know. So it's like no, man. No, no, no. that's that's what I was about to go with what RB saying is I honestly don't know. So if me saying it makes sense, I, I just 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 me being ignorant. I don't know if the mask is working. I don't know if it's a necessity. I don't know if you know, wearing it on base is stopping it. I don't know what's happening. Cause like Tay said, they were masked up and they still caught COVID. Richie yeah. masked up, still caught COVID. You know what I'm saying? So is it working? We don't know. And if that's what Richie said. We we don't even have the information and it feels like. The numbers ain't, ain't reflecting like a positive. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, are we, just, are we in that? Is it, are we inevitably going to catch it? Like whether the mask is on or not, you know, like. We still catch I mean, the flu. We're the masked thing up. Is, the thing is, low is that we were masked up and taking temperatures. You know what yeah, I'm saying? With the little yeah. temperature gun. What is that? Is that's only one symptom? And you and and when I had it, I didn't even have a fever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, Tay and RB had two different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's crazy I, man. I get it, man. They got to make these decisions at leadership levels, but like, the thing is, it's just we just I feel like we don't know enough about it, and it's just, are there even studies being done with the mask that it works or not? Are we just being, I don't know. It, it, makes a, you, it makes you think, man. That's all. It's just the same exact thing I was telling y'all in the previous podcast. Leadership is just making rules about, like, because I think we were talking about uh, suicide. I think one at one, like, people committing suicide. Or, or no, the PT failure. The people dying from the PT failures. Leadership is just making rules to say that they did something. And not really attacking or or talking about the actual problem. They're just making rules to say, hey, we did something about it. That's what I feel. You know what I'm saying? You think, I'm not CYA? Saying, you think that's what's going on? CYA? I think it's a little bit, man. I'm not saying that the Air Force doesn't care about us. I think they do care about us, but I think they are. I think I think that we had like a decision has to be made. So it's being made, regardless of if it's thought through or you know it, it we have to do something so let's do something like, hey let's make all masks mandatory no matter where you go yeah but you say low said that about the pt test so i think it's the right thing he said hey we don't know why people are passing so we got to put a hold on the pt test so i think this is the right move is that what you're trying to say I, what i'm trying to say is i think that the low said uh, a few a few a few episodes back yo we have got to hold the pt test we had somebody drop dead from it, you know what I'm saying, during this crazy times. So I think instead of looking at the the maybe the instead of looking at the individual problem or whatever, they they try to make it like a shotgun blast and cover everything. Right. I that's what I feel. All right. We're gonna transition into the into the episode. I just want to say this and I hope everybody on the podcast agrees with me. Um, this came from the secretary, you know, the defense secretary. Um, it's an order. Let's make it happen and uh, try to do your best to follow the rules that you can and work with your leadership. You know what I'm saying? Wear your Positive mask. Note on it. Wear your oh, mask. All right. Mask, man. All right. So today's topic, bridging the gap. All right. Um, so me, myself, I'm not a supervisor right now. I deal with a lot of deppers, um, but I've had several airmen contact me back and tell me that they feel neglected when it comes to communication and how do we bridge that gap? So that's where all this came from. So for like the last week, I've been taking notes. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. You know, I explained to them that, um, 
I'm doing the podcast. And, you know, I asked different airmen, at, you know, between Airman Basic, the senior airmen, and a few young staff sergeants, hey, give me a few questions you want me to ask. So that's where a lot of these questions are coming from. So if you hear your question out there, know that I listen. I can't, I can't use every question for the guys today, but we're going to get some good ones in, all right? So for me personally, all right, I wrote this down and I just want to get this statement out. Um, I need to understand as a senior NCO that I'm somewhat out of touch with my with my never, with my newer and younger airmen in some way or fashion, all right? And hopefully some of these questions can bridge a gap of information or know-how. And that's for me personally, okay? So for any senior NCOs or NCOs out there listening, that's what this is for, okay? RB, you're going to be first, bro. You ready? I'm here. Let's do it. Are we embracing the new culture enough? Oh, good question. Are we embracing the new culture good enough? Or new generation, whatever you want to think. Let's say last five to six years that just came in. And you can be honest, man. So to be honest, you know, I'm part of the old culture. And Uh some things that the new culture comes with is there are a lot of airmen out there, uh, soldiers, sailors, and all that that come into the military over the past four or five years that feel like they already should have respect when they walk in. They feel like they can go to anybody and ask why. They feel, I won't even say it's privileged, but they come in with a different attitude than I came in when I was younger. And it's hard to change a way because this goes to something that we talked about offline about standards. You know, if an airman comes to a senior NCO asking a question that a senior airman or a staff sergeant can answer, is he wrong? Are we as senior NCOs going back and lighting those senior airmen and staff sergeants up because they didn't help that airman? I honestly don't think we're embracing it because this goes to something that Tay had mentioned before. We are a, a business and our business comes with a lot of standards that we've had since when we first started. And we're not gonna budge much to meet everybody's need. Either when you come in here, you meet what we got or you make rank and you're able to enforce that change to make it better for the generations to come. Just like if you look at the past Chief, uh, Chief Wright and our, our new Chief of uh, Mass Sergeant in the Air Force, they are making changes of things that they see that the younger generation is asking for. Like, you know, the, hair, the, the women letting their hair down, that was never a thing, now it is. And I just got added to a link on Facebook about working on mustaches and beards to make that, but that's people taking it, oh, I got a problem and we're gonna take the masses and work. And that was something I never did as a younger generation. So though we're not really meshing with it, I think they're a, a beast to be worked with because they're working together to make change. All right. I like, I like, I like the communication thing, man. Um, imagine us back in the day, me and you, RB specifically, all right? Because Tay came in a little later. Um, Lo came in even, you know, a little, a little later than that. And um, I mean, forward. Um, imagine me and you having a straight line of communication. You know, we think social media to us means, hey, it's there for me to use because that's how society has shown me it's there for me to use. There's no rules to post in anything. And when you put something on, the top person on my side of the house can reply to me or be informed. Wait a minute, did y'all know about that? Obviously, with the video you sent us about, you know, the, the angry drill sergeant, we see the bad side of that not the right information given out. He makes a whole YouTube video about it. We all laughing about it. I get it. Um, but, you know, there's two sides of it. Uh, RB, I mean, Tay, you got anything to, to, to add to what RB just said about are we embracing just, the new culture enough? I think that uh, RB introduced me to a very good book. It's called Sticking Point. 
Uh-huh. And it talks about uh, different generations and how we're all supposed to work together. I think it's more on the leadership on the leadership or supervisor side that we need to make the adjustments because, as RV says, like we're used to the older ways and and I think that the younger kids understand how to work. I think the under I think we need to learn how to communicate with the younger kids a lot better than we have. Um, and vice versa. Like I was just telling the group of kids, I just in process to my new unit. And I just was telling the new kids, like, hey, like the you know, over the weekend while we're going through phase, you know what I'm saying? Like you guys reach out to me if you need me. The best way to reach out to me is to call me and maybe send me a quick text or whatever. But I communicate best with, you know, calling me and talking to me directly. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, what is, what do you mean? Like, why can't we just send a text? I said, you can. I said, but the best way to communicate with me, I, I've learned to communicate that way, to tell people the best way to talk to me is to talk to me directly. I don't really, you know, I might see a text come through my phone. I might ignore it. You know what I mean? So I just really think that it's on the supervisors, you know, to to make sure that we communicate with these kids the right way. And that uh-huh. they understand, that they fully understand, and that we're fully transparent and fully predictable to them, so they can understand how to, you know, be the uh, best them and be effective. All right. Um, my my opinion on if we're embracing the culture enough is um, it's fifty fifty for me. Uh, I wonder if, if if a lot of people in leadership position are realizing that a lot of the kids that are coming in because they're 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 the blunt of the force, right? You know from the bottom of the ranks to like senior airman, staff sergeant, that is a blunt of the force. We know that. And um, the way they communicate is what you just said, Tay. You said call, they're like, what? And for mm-hmm. us right here, we still old enough where we're like, what's wrong with a phone call? But then if we get into their mindset, yeah, a text is the norm for them now. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because they ain't gonna waste their time sending an email, but that's the norm. What's up, RB? I'm glad that you said the blunt of the force because there was something that a, a older senior math sergeant said one time when he was at a commander's call with us. He was like, I work for you. Yeah. And when we move up into these ranks, it's not, they don't work. We work for them to make sure they have all the needs that they have to go out there and complete the mission. You know, we are a management level. So we should be able to take at least 50% of that and meet them halfway to make that adjustment but you do see older heads get in these positions and they're so stuck in their ways that there's the communication gap is, is so huge. You know, the airmen are angry because the senior master sergeant or chief or master sergeant did this and the chief master sergeant and senior are mad because they don't know how to effectively communicate to the bottom tier. I, I think that is something that needs to be heard because I, you know, once he mentioned it, he was like, I'm so glad to be here to work for you. And I'm like, wait a minute. He high ranking me. How is he working for me? But now being moved up in positions, I do see why that is a thing. All right. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff. Hey, RB Tay, thanks. Um, Lo, I'm going to hit you with the next question. You ready for me? Yeah. All right. With that being said, man, are we really giving the new airmen enough time to adjust to the Air Force, their new job, everything? Hey, man. Um. I don't know, man, because it comes down to everybody's different individuals. Um, everybody, every everybody has different ways they learn. Everybody has different ways they cope. Everybody has different ways they do things. So, I guess that's that whole blanket thing, like or that shotgun blast that Tay was talking about, where you just do a shotgun blast and try to cover all all aspects. So, I 
like when I came in, like it was enough time for me, but I came in, I guess I'm somewhat mixed of like old school and new school kind of, because I came in in 2008, which was still back in of old schoolish, And then, you know, it was kind of transitioning to the new school. So I think I got yeah. a good, um, middle a good mixture of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a good understanding of, it. even though like we're all in the same age bracket, but when I came in, it's, um, I came in later than y'all, but, um, I don't know, man. Everybody's different. I think I do think when people come into the military, they should know what to expect. And like for me, when I came in, like I was blessed enough to have a wife that looked up everything for me. I wasn't that type of person. Like when I joined the Air Force, I just joined. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know nothing. But my wife looked up everything. She Googled what basic was like. She Googled everything. Yeah. And so I kind of knew what to expect. I kind of knew what was going to go on after I got out of basic tech school. I knew all that because of her. Um, but I think people got to take that um, into consideration. So, right? Yeah. To learn like how long this is going to be, because, you know, I would say it took me probably maybe, and I don't know, this could be different for y'all, maybe two, three years to adjust to the military. Yeah. But I mean, every, every year in the military for me has changed. So I don't know if that's a good answer to say, because, I'm a different person than I was um, 10 years ago, not just as a person, but just as a military member, uh, you know? So, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer for that. Hey, so I want to go ahead, Arby. Quick, if you don't mind. So there is something that I, to, to go off that question, I think our standards and discipline kind of are, are bending a lot since when we came in, you know, when I came in, there was a lot of yelling, you know, when you went through basic training, you knew it was almost like an episode of Scare Straight. <laughs> By the time you got done, at least 80 to 95 percent of that flight was either terrified, but they were straightened up to be prepared to come into the force. And they don't yell as much as they do anymore. You got your phones taken for those six weeks. You didn't yeah. have a way to contact your parents. But how? By writing. using a pay phone or writing a letter. Yeah, writing, writing letters. Yep, that was the only way. You maybe used the phone twice during basic training, but now they're getting their phones so they can text their friends, text that, their, their loved ones and get that old message, whatever they need. And I, I just think now after moving in, it's like they don't have that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an airman walking into tech school or AIT or the next school for their, their job as we did when we came up. And I, I think that's wrong because now I see airmen walking, they got their hands in their pocket and I'm like, he ain't, he still got a black book bag on. You know how you identify him here? If they got black book bags on, they just, they just got here. They just got here in process. You know, we have, we went through portfolios. We didn't even yeah. have book bags, but I know. And a canteen. And a canteen around our waist. So they got camel bags. Now they fancy. So I don't know if the, them getting fancy has made them strong. I won't say strong enough, more disciplined and walking in knowing how it's supposed to work. Because there are a lot of uh, bold airmen coming in now. Yeah. RB, you, you know what it reminds me of? I'm sorry, P. I know you're on the time, Chris. You know what it reminds me of? No, you, man, cool. about, you, you know, like, the uncle that's old that got a lot of young nieces and nephews, and he trying to be cool. So, he, you know, he keep doing, like, all this cool stuff. And, then, you know what I'm saying? That's what kind of like, the Air Force reminds Because not all change is good change. Ooh. You know what I mean? Not all change is good change, man. And so everything that the Air Force is changing to make it more appealing to these younger kids, I think, like I said before, the younger kids should be looking up 
to the Air Force, not not the Air Force looking down to these younger kids and try to make it more convenient for, to, for them and, and, you know, make the road that's traveled nice and paved. You know, there needs to be bumps. There needs to be adversity in there. And I think that's kind of what we're missing, that adversity aspect. And I think that's why some of these kids are harming themselves because everything that, that from basic all the way to tech school, you were catered to, you were, you were being nice to. The TIs have to be nice now. The MTLs have to be nice now. Everything has to be nice. And then when you get to that real world where nobody gives a crap about you, when you get to that first duty station, when you're stuck in that dorm room for however long and nobody's coming to check on you, nobody's like making you do this, nobody's making you, nobody's directing you anywhere. Mm-hmm. You get depressed, you get sad. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where we're, I think all change, like I said, all these changes that the Air Force is making, cool, but not all of it's good change. Gotcha. Thanks, Arby. Appreciate it. Hey, Lo said something awesome. Uh, it's a note that I have. He said middle ground, right? I was talking to an NCO, he, I know, and I was like, hey, what's your main concern? He's like, man, a lot of high ranking people are worried about using their rank without um, finding a middle ground. Like they're scared. They're scared to, 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 to lose that feel of authority if they try to find middle ground with younger airmen, you know, and I think yeah. that's, the, that's, that's the wrong thinking. Um, rank and finding middle ground is two different things. Like, like RB, let me use an example. You're a mass sergeant, right? Mm-hmm. The older heads are so worried about being that master sergeant that they thought they had to be for so long that they can't bring it down to meet the staff sergeant at his level, you know? And it's causing that miscommunication. It's causing yeah. a, um, a gain in leadership that they could. It's causing that connection that they could use, you know? And uh, he brought that up to me. So I was like, man, that's that's... That's something that I'm, I, I definitely took, folded up, put it in my pocket. I'm going to keep it in the back of my mind to be like, I want to make sure I don't do that. I don't worry about having to be this mass arm picture that they're, they're painting. I'm going to more worry about meeting people where I need to meet them at their level so that I can make them um, move forward with the mission that we got to accomplish safely and the right way. You get what I'm saying? So something I, I want you to I, take I, it. Okay, go, go ahead, love. What's up, love? My question might be a little off topic, but it's going to touch on what you brought up, Tay, about how, because Tay's right, the Air Force is bending backwards to accommodate these kids. And I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with that, Tay, because I think I more so agree with you about people looking up to the Air Force. But what I've noticed about how the Air Force is kind of bending the rules and kind of make things, because Tay brought up about how some of these kids are harming themselves. I think we also got to look into something that is... um not really ever addressed this the kids of this generation have experienced more trauma in general than us and let me explain let me explain we didn't have social media when we were growing up they have social media so like i'm going to use this as an example when george floyd got killed i was sad it actually made me depressed My energy was off in my home. My wife was depressed. My whole energy was off. But I'm an adult. I was able to kind of get through that. Now take that to a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old seeing that, something like that. The um, video's there. That's their reality. Yeah. But let me let me take it away from a race thing. Not even that. Just the mass shootings that have happened. When that whole thing happened to in uh, Las Vegas with the mass shootings, that was for everybody on social media. See, I woke up in the morning and saw that, and I was like, I was like, damn. So these kids are seeing this shit in real time yeah. where we didn't see it in real time. We saw it on the news. You know, our parents might have been talking about it. So they experienced more trauma than 
than we did. So I don't know what the fix is, Tay. I don't know if the Air Force is doing that because I do notice that mental health has been more at a heightened level now than it ever has been. But I think that's the reason why, Tay, and I just think that might be why they're trying to bend backwards. Again, I'm not saying I agree with it. I just think that might be a reason why. A, a, re a factor that plays into it is they these kids see more trauma than we saw with our own eyes. Mm. I'm not talking about our individual trauma that we dealt with. I'm talking about just trauma in life, you know? In the Definitely. world. You got a yeah, good point, yeah. man. Yeah, because like TV for us was, we saw the nightly news at a certain time and then it went right into like what? In Living Color or it went yeah. right into Martin and we laughing again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, with social media, you're right, man. You can be blasted with all this negative and depending on your, you know, your circle, let's use RB, right? If everybody around them, like, look, that dude's on the ground again. This dude that's uh, shot. This dude's arrested. And they all look like us. That starts becoming the reality, right? And there has to be people like that that feel like, yo, like it, it, everything's against me. So you're right, man. I, I've never thought of it in that context. You know what I mean? For us, mm -hmm. that, that is a different type of trauma. So you're right, man. It's, it's, it's bombarding them. You're right. I Good wanna, point, What's up, Barbie? I, I want to say I'll meet you halfway on that statement because yes, it's a different type of trauma, but the difference between the kids today and us, we didn't have social media, so we were outside. Yeah. We were outside seeing violence depending on where kids were raised or hearing the sirens of police cars and ambulances or seeing you know, actual crime happen within our, you know, right, right uh, in front of us. Absolutely. absolutely. But I, when, I, when I think of trauma and witnessing it, I, I still think of 9-11. And when I think of 9-11 until now, I can't say nothing is as big as that that impacted us since, you know, tw I mean, there are many things that have happened since then, you know, because when Kobe Bryant died, that really, you know, that messed me up. But what we witnessed, I, I guess, what I say, I'm, I'll meet you halfway and say, yes, I agree. Yes, it's a different type of trauma. Our trauma was more, you know, face-to-face -face and theirs was through a screen, but I won't water it down and say that their trauma wasn't as equal as ours. You can't, you can't say that, Arby. You got to be careful when you say that, man, because trauma I, affects people different. That's, I, that's, I, that's what I just said. I said- Oh, I'm I sorry. Was, I misunderstood. That's what he was getting at, Tay. That's what he was saying. He's like, I'm not saying their trauma was- Hey, but this is my thing. Hey, wait, wait, RB, you better calm down with the swole in the chest. I don't Bruh. appreciate all hey, that. Hey, don't be petty. They ain't going low, bro. They need to hear everything. Get them low. You already know, man. Yo. Get them low. Hey, 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 Pete. Pete. I'm a little chilly right now because I ain't got no hoodie, but you know, yeah, man, you <laughs> it's like I'm gonna have, have to skip. I'm gonna have to skip the gym today because I can't put my hoodie on. But whatever. Oh man, Dang, P, you the only one getting a hoodie, man. That makes no <laughs> sense. I wonder what happened to him. They must have got hey, lost in the mail. Hey, you got my hey, Ford address. You got my Ford address, right? My I got Ford, you. Ford I got you. All right, cool. It'll all be right. in low, me and Lowe been nice to RV all week for him not to send our, our hoodie, man. Oh, no, no reason. It, it got lost in the mail, but I got two other hoodies here. I don't know what. He ain't lose my package. I'm good. No, you're hey, right. <laughs> hey, so fellas, I love this communication talk. Let's keep it going. Y'all good with that? Yeah. Yep. All right, so I, I feel we're bridging the gap, and I hope all of us are understanding the younger generation a little bit better. And um, I, I got another thing, all right? So I was talking to another young, another young airman, all right? And uh, he just, you know, he's a young staff sergeant and he, he hit me with this. All right. Uh, we need to treat the team 
that's assembled to you as a sports team with different personalities and leverage your team to the best of their abilities while still following the set standards. Now, if you reword that, a lot of us know that already. All right. You know, a lot of us know that. All right. But when I was thinking him saying that is what made me think about the next question. All right. Because it was brought up to me. All right. So, so Tay, a young lady asked me this. All right. Um, She wants her supervisors or people in supervisor roles to get to know her or them more personally, not just work-related, um, we have to count on each other. And that's why she said it. Because when she said it to me, she was like, I was like, what you mean more personal? You know, as a supervisor being older, we got to watch that, right? She's like, yeah, the reason I'm saying more personal is because past that personal level, we have to, we have to count on each other at work. And some people feel that if I don't know you on a personal level, I can't really count on you. So what do you think about that, Tay? I think that's uh, I think that's exactly right. I think that's essential. I think it's important that when you have truth that you get to know who like you get you get in their Kool-Aid. You get in their business as a supervisor. I'm in your business because when you go before the commander for you doing something silly, guess who's coming with you? You. <laughs> I'm coming with you. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to answer for everything that you did. So it is important to me to know who your husband is, to know who your kids are, to know when your anniversary is, to know when your birthday is, to know these things about you, to know about your kids. Are your kids sick? Are they on EFMP? Like, yeah. are you in school? Like, what what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It's important for me to know that as a supervisor because I have to um, be able to build that bond and that relationship with you um, on that level. So uh, that's just it. And, and, you know, and it depends on the kind of supervisor you are. You know what I mean? The some supervisors don't feel like they need to do all that. I do. You know what I mean? I want to be close to you. I want to understand who you are. You know what I'm saying? So that way I build that bond. It was, it's essential. It's funny you said that because the new shirt that I have, he's a senior math sergeant. Yeah. I expect all my NCOs to know their troops inside and out. I expect, and I expect them to, I expect for, these airmen to call their supervisor first before they call me or do anything else. And if you can't figure out, I expect you and your troop to be in my office trying to figure out and ask the question. So I think that uh, it's important, man. I think that's important because like, say for instance, my troops downtown DC drunk. Do I want them to call the shirt first? Or I want them to call me first. I want them to call you? me first. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. Tay, Tay, I got, I got to go to RB right now. He giving me too much face. What's up, RB? It's all good, man. It, you no, see it? It's, it's not nothing against Tay. Like Tay is one hundred percent right. It's just this question that this young airman brought to you is so heartbreaking. Like that's what we have feedbacks for. You know, Boom. like oh my you, god, who does like, them anymore, RB? I, it, 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 it blows my mind that she even feels that her supervisor doesn't know her or is on that personal level. You have one job. Take care of your people. If, like Tay said, we'll use that same airman that's downtown drunk, but he never drinks, there's more to the problem. You should probably look deeper into that. You should yeah. be like, yo, this isn't something that he normally does. And you can articulate that to the leadership if there's something random. And this is how you catch your airmen when they are going off the deep end. Because if you know your airmen, that shit brightens up like a daggone light in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, but at the same time, this is for her also. The feedback isn't just for your supervisor to you. You have expectations for your supervisor in that feedback. So you can tell your supervisor, this is what I need to make me tick. I need you to be part of my life. 
this is my husband, this is so-and-so, this is what I like to do. That's why that feedback is there. And if they're not doing it, well, we've already started off on the wrong foot. So shout out to your senior master sergeant, that first sergeant that said that because that should be the baseline standard. All right. Mm -hmm. Mo, you want to chime in? Right. Or they hit it on the head? <laughs> nah, I'm, uh, yeah, because I don't want to, you know me, man. I don't like piggybacking too much, man. I think Richie hit that on the head, man. All right. Feedbacks need to be, feedbacks need to be, <laughs> whether they formal and formal. All and right. for those and, the, and for those of you who are listening, if you are writing those two or three words on your feedback, you're wrong. For supervisors, you need to fill it out all the way and let people know exactly how you feel. You know what I mean? Let them know exactly the expectations, the task, condition, standards. They need to know every single thing in those feedbacks. The feedback shouldn't be uh, what a formality. Yeah, feedback is a tool to help you understand and learn your airmen, and then that it's just it's just, it's a building tool, and then you go off from there. I'm hey. getting so tired of seeing these supervisors yeah. put or seeing these supervisors put like do your job, and then that's it. And the airman's like, "Well, what do you what do you want to do from education? I want to get a bachelor's degree." Okay, yeah. cool. Like that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? But like, expound on that. Let's talk about it. It needs to be a piece of paper that helps build on the conversation that you have later on when you're in the feedback. Gotcha. Um, right. One last, one last thing, P. I'm no, sorry. Hey, Arby, go. Hey. No, no, no. I got, I got, I got something I got to bring up, but go ahead. I'm not going to forget. I'm gonna oh take my it. God, Richie. So, so yeah, to, piggy 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 to piggyback. Okay, Richie, you got the next question. Fine. <laughs> no. So I, I, this is a lesson I learned. When you get a troop, you don't immediately do a feedback. Watch how they work. Watch them learn them over, you know, a couple of weeks, probably a month or so, and then issue the feedback because you can see their work ethic then. Because you may be underselling them their work ethic if you give them expectations that they're going to blow out the water if you don't know. But if this dude's always showing up late, all right, cool, I know where to work with you at. But if you don't, you can't just have them come in day one, all right, let me issue you a feedback, because you don't know them. Gotcha. So I just wanted to put that out there. Hey, so for all my supervisors, I want to put this out there. I know some supervisors got eight troops, some got two, some got 30, right? Some got 72. Um, right now, my chief in my unit, he has what he calls like his little Pokemon book. And when I saw this, I was like, this is genius, right? He had everybody send in a picture of himself, of, your, of yourself, your family. And then, you, you know, you had to put your name the way you want it written, not the military style. The names of your family, ages, your hobbies, your skills, and where you're from. All right. And when I talk to him, I like, yeah, it's my Pokemon book, because me as a chief at the level I'm at, there's no way for me to know everybody. But every other day he goes through his Pokemon book. All right. However, he sets it up. I can set mine up different. RB will probably set up a board because I know RB style. He likes to see a visual board. So when he gets to that level, he might have a picture of all his people and a little verbiage next to it. You know what I'm saying? I think we saw Quam do it. We saw uh, Chief Wolf do it. You know what I'm saying? We've all seen a version of it. But this chief has this Pokemon book, all right? No, no BS. It's in the little plastics and everything. And it was legit, man. And every few days he goes through it and he covers the squadron a few times, making sure he remembers everybody. So he has that picture and that, you know, the information. And maybe you can use that guys out, you know, out in podcast land to be like, oh, man, it's another way to make sure I know my people. Somebody might think about that. It's like, nah, I don't like that. That's cool. But reach out to us through email. Hey, this is what I do. And y'all got the email, all right? So just just, just a little tip here. Now, since RB's, since RB's hyped up, I'm going to hit you with the next one. You cool with that, RB? Bring it. All right. Um, 
if we have a standard, why does it, why does leadership still allow certain things to be relaxed if they do let things be relaxed? All right. And that came from a, a young airman also. All right. Um, he's one of these high speed, his family's been in the air force, air force, army, army, you know, so he has a different background, right? He's not like me and low. We have no connection to the military. We were like the first ones other than maybe like a distant uncle or something. Um, so what's your take on that, man? So looking at standards and some of them being relaxed, you got to look at the, the um, health status of your unit. If the morale is low and you've had possibly something happened that impacted everybody in the squadron, it's not to say that it's okay, you know, or ops is being driven. Like we're, it's NSI time here in Maelstrom. So every day we're getting ready to do exercise to prepare us for a week of questionings that the base could possibly fail and we would be in a lot of trouble. I don't, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I just think that from, from a leadership perspective, if I was to look down, what is most important right now? Right. If the most important thing right now is to make sure we get through this NSI, am I worried about, okay, his boots look like shit? Right. You know, not saying that the first sergeant can't go around and chop everybody up. Yeah. But if the younger NCOs aren't doing it, that's something that I pull the NCOs out. Hey, look, we need to start enforcing this. All right. Because... You know, but it's, it's the status, it's the health of the unit, because if you're always beating the unit down and the morale is super low and then you're forcing everything, forcing everything, the machine isn't going to work well. You still have to incorporate stuff like morale. Morale is very important for your unit, yeah. because if your unit doesn't have morale, their work ethic isn't the same. It's the lubrication. Yes. So there's other pillars that have to be filled to make sure that it's standing. And then pride. If there's nobody enforcing why your job is important you're wrong. A lot of airmen don't understand why they're doing their job. So they don't take it serious. They don't understand. There's nothing that happens at their base. So they feel like, oh, my job is just stupid. I just sit here. You know, um, what's the saying at the gate when they come through? Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. Living the dream. Boop. Have yeah. a good day. But they don't understand how important their job is because nothing happens. Yeah. And that's where the leaders come into the and Andrews happens. And, and Andrew. Oh, Exactly. And Andrews happens. Dude, we're bridging the gap. We're bridging the gap for this. That's another one. You can have that, Tay, later. You know? So I think that depending on what pillars, because standards isn't the only pillar that runs a unit. Yeah. If you enforce standards on a unit, are, is your work ethic still the same? Yes, they look good, but can they really perform? Yeah. Because you can have a flawless gate guard that can look really good at the gate, but forgot to press the button or just looked at an ID and was like, are oh, you good? Yeah. And they just get onto a base and do something like what happened the other day. So that's my answer. It's not a best answer, but that's what I got from my perspective as a leadership point of view. Low, yes or no answer? Question, I mean. Um, what's more important, um, standard or safety? Mm. Ooh, that's a, that is a question for Low. Hey, man, safety always comes first, man. You got to okay. always make sure, because if you're Pete, yeah. People are the asset, man. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you tell me. People are the asset. Yeah. And, the, and the piggyback off low, if you have correct standards, safety automatically follows that. Follows it right Woo! away. Hey, All Richie, right. Richie, uh, tell everybody what an NSI is, man, because we got people that aren't oh. military that listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, don't Richie break no rules. Like don't break no rules. Military. 
Don't break no rules. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So for all our listeners, what an NSI is, is a nuclearity inspection. So we have nuclear bases in the Air Force that have the mission that deals with nuclear weapons. And they come and inspect our base to see if we meet the standards of being able to provide security, but also operational operations to the nuclear weapons for them to be in action. So many, many, many moons ago, a base has failed this inspection. If the base failed the inspection, you work 90 days <laughs> we straight. Who, we know who you're talking about. <laughs> and they come back and they inspect you again. But this is a very high viewed inspection uh, all the way up to the president of the United States. If one of these bases does not pass their inspection, uh, I think P has seen it before. I don't know. I don't think Tay's been to a nuclear base or low, but if you fail one of these, these inspections, hell comes on earth for that base. And that's for all the personnel that work there. It's just not for us that work security, but for personnel that work maintenance, personnel that work uh, the medical portion, et cetera. So all the, the components have to come together and be flawless because we're not the only ones. Anybody can, anybody all the way up to an airman can fail for a whole base. So it is very tedious that the commanders come down and ensure that all their airmen are prepared for this inspection because the base commander will be the one that introduces the inspection team and let them loose for that week. Look at Richie, man. Richie gave it. Richie went. I say, tell him what Anna, he went. I love it. Oh, I forgot what we were even talking he's, about. He, he's, he's prepping me for the future. I love it, thank, yeah. Hey, I love thank it, you for, man. Hey, thank you for prepping me and getting me in that positive mindset. Boom. Master Sergeant Brown. All right, let's get to the last question. Tay, you ready? I know, Tay, you're not ready. Look at you. You look like you're falling asleep on hey, me. Look, you're falling asleep, right, man. man. All right. I'm so oh. good, man. Hey. I know, man. I'm so relaxed. Like, I'm kind of getting this house together, man. All that stress is finally going away, right? Good over here, man. All right, Tay. In the terms of bridging the gap, um, working the communication from the younger generation to the older generation. So, you know, so work can be more flawless. All right. How can we get away from NCOs blaming current issues completely on a soft Air Force or that back in my day mentality? It's that <laughs> look at the clothes, cat. Uh, hey. it's the whole take responsibility. You yeah. have to be accountable, man. Like it takes a strong leader to in order for. Okay, let you wind that. I, I I take oh. all that back. You have to have a foundation. That's how you stop that from happening. A leader has to come in and build a foundation. Uh, I look at the Patriots for a long time, right? They built yep. a foundation of a culture of winning, and it was based off the well, people are debating now the Bill Belichick's way. If you were late, he didn't care who you was. Tom Brady, you got benched. Was, you got benched. Yep. If, you, if you did this or did that, you were, you, you know, and you got fined. It, it's, it's, a, it's setting a standard and setting a foundation of, for a culture to win. That's how you get rid of that, man, because all these complaining and, oh, back in my day, well, hey, every time someone hears that, nip that in the butt, it's not back in your day anymore. Let's get rid of that. It's right now. What can we do right now? I'm so tired of hearing, oh, these kids and back in my day and da-da-da. Man, if you're not willing to adapt, you will get left behind. And that's that's the truth. And a lot of people, and and that's why, especially in security force world, people are getting fat, out of shape, and da-da-da. They're not willing to adapt. They get left behind, man. And I just threw the big people in there for no reason. But that's messed that's, up. Over there shaming, man. Over there shaming. Hey, hey, that's on me. That's on they're me. They're gonna kill. They're gonna that's kill fine. you. It's okay. <laughs> that's fine. But you know, I'll get canceled. That's fine. But 
Hey man, Cancel. I don't care, man. I don't care. He gonna lose his gray hoodie sponsors. But the thing <laughs> is that you have to you have to build the foundation before you before and, and you have to set the president, you have to set the culture that like Lowe said, you have to set the culture of what your unit and what direction your unit is gonna be. You have to set that culture. It only takes one or two people, man, to help set the culture. I think I think it's more people moving away from that. But like I said, like 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 certain negative things that still float around, it's always gonna float around, man. And I just want to tell all the NCOs that are past that out there listening, keep doing what you're doing, try to stay as positive as possible. And remember, there's no back in the day. We we don't talk past, we talk in present. Let's move forward. Um stay away from those toxic people, man. Yeah, stay away from the toxic people. The RBs of the world. Well, gentlemen, that was my last question for today. Oh, the hey, Richie, <laughs> Richie, you, Richie, I don't think you're toxic, bro. Me either, Richie. I love you, bro. I, I think you're a little though. petty sometimes, but, he but toxic, like never mail. that. He just forgets to send out mail. All right, let's 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 roll over to Low. Low, you got any last remarks, brother? Um, <laughs> Low, um, never ready. <laughs> I know, right? I never got nothing prepared, man. I just uh, I enjoyed the convo, man, because this is a convo that needed to happen, man. And I think a lot of young airmen, and I think a lot, I think everybody, whether you're um, an airman to leadership, needs to listen to a podcast like this, man. Especially this episode, because there's a lot of gems that people could take out of this, man. All right, RB, you got any quotes for today? I don't have any quotes for today, but just ensure you know you be accountable. Be accountable. You're going to be the representation of what happens over the next thirty years. You know, once I leave the military. There's still people going to be in the military. Once you leave the military, ensure you leave a lasting image, regardless of how, if it's the, the airman that can't get right or your most stellar airman. You always give them 100% to make them successful. And if they can't, that's okay. We'll show them the door out. Gotcha. Tay. Richie going Richie gonna to be the Brett Favre of the Air Force. He's going he gonna to retire and come back, retire again. <laughs> Have Haynes commercials. What's that shoe commercial that, that he got? That nobody wears sketches. RB gonna be yeah, walking right. the sketches. Hey, what about the cop? The copper fit. The copper <laughs> fit. Yo, yeah, yeah. For, for his knees. Anyways, hey man. Hey, what so, you got, brother? I, I got one last thing, man. <laughs> I got a friend request on uh, Instagram from a dude that really did me wrong back in that unit when we was all together, and it was kind of weird, man. Uh, I, I haven't accepted it yet, but. Uh, my wife said something significant to me uh, last night when I was telling her about it. And she said, the best revenge is massive success. Like, don't hold on to that anger in your heart. Don't hold on to that, to whatever happened in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like you literally learn how to forgive and move on. So I think like since that uh, negative event in my life, um, I've had massive success and you guys all been there for the ride. Uh and, you know, I want to say thank y'all to that. But, you know, so I think after doing this podcast and thinking about that, man, I think I'm going to go ahead and hit accept on that friend request. Nice. All right, man. I got no cool I quotes it. today. I denied it. I already know who we're talking about. <laughs> I denied that shit quick. So I, I ain't got <laughs> no cool quotes. <laughs> I ain't got no cool quotes, but I do want to say um, something for any of the NCOs, young, mid, or old old heads listening. All right. Um don't forget to try and put a little effort into embracing a new culture and um, using them to the best of their ability to move this rock that we call Big Blue in the right direction. Um, sit back and make sure that 
you remember that everybody adjusts differently. And if you think if you think you got a kid that has a lot of energy, Airman Palmer, you know, if I didn't have people, you know, I'm not gonna say no name, but if I didn't have uh, NCOs and FE Warren that that saw a little bit of me in them and knew that I just need a little bit more time to adjust, that I would be able to do great things later. Um, remember that. And uh, don't don't be scared as a, a seasoned NCO or a seasoned senior NCO to find middle ground with some of these young people because it might work out for the best for the whole situation for the Air Force, all right? Um, with that being said, man, it's been wisdom, whiskey, and winning. Um, fellas, it's been fun. Love you. Um, let's get it in. I'm not sure who the host is next, but you will find out when we upload that bad boy. Quick, that's right. screenshot take. That's until, screenshot take. Until then, I forgot to do it. Man, why he always do this uh, to us? Like, I'm yeah. glad I said what I said earlier because hopefully he's gonna stop it there. If not, this is the blooper reel. I love it though, man. I love it. It's fun, man. I forgot to do it. Why well, I see that recording on the top left? Can Can you end the recording at least? Hey, I, 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 I,